You are welcome to the podcast of Dominion Chapel International, the special place. We are a church that believes in pure worship, unadulterated word, and family. Be enlightened as you listen to this message. Glory to God. Amen. I sat there and I was watching um, this guitar man. And I saw the way he was manipulating the guitar with so much dexterity and much peace. Why? Because he knows everything about the instrument and he has accepted that he has the ability to maximize the use of that equipment. And so there is no fear about handling it. The comfort with which he handles the instrument is just amazing. And as I sat there, I began to think about us and think about the kingdom. And I start asking myself questions. How settled are we in our spirits when it comes to the kingdom? What is the level of our confidence in operating the kingdom? Do we really understand the kingdom? Where is the place of importunity? What is the meaning of importunity? And never give up spirit. Where is that one? So I sat there and I was having a chat with him. He never knew I was having a chat with him. And he kept on answering my questions. Praise God. We are in the kingdom of God. That is our place. It is our habitat. That's where we live. In that kingdom, we move. And as we move in the kingdom, we come to a point of fulfillment. Then we can talk with confidence that the Lord is our God. Amen. I've asked the Lord to help me this morning because I may be saying things that may not, may not um, uh, fit into your thinking. But that's my assignment and I have to do it. It's what you are doing, your assignment. So there should be no pain. Praise God. And where there's no pain, then there's no gain. But where pain is, there's gain. Sacrifice will always yield results. I was sharing with the resident pastor something that the Lord has been dealing with me on since yesterday. I'm not coming to take that one, just I have to mention it. That is my practice. When he speaks to me, I speak to others. It's a principle of sowing and reaping. The more you share your inspirations and your revelations, 
the more harvest you make of such. Did you ever see Jesus Christ asking for human attestation that, you know, for people to prove that the grace on him was original, that the power was not fake? Did you ever see him that he would ask, Peter, have I met this man before? He said, no. Until today, did you know me? It is when we are not sure of what we carry that we want human beings to attest to what we are doing. He began the thing yesterday. He didn't allow me to sleep in the night. We have a responsibility to stand where the kingdom really is. And be able to teach others how to live in the kingdom. You don't need anybody's accreditation to be who you are. Whatever God has endowed you with, you stand in that one without any recourse to anybody. He brought me Adiboye. And I began, I've been watching the man, you see, but I began to look at him and Adiboye would not tell he's a prophet. He will never say he's a prophet. He will never say he's whatever. He, what he knows is that he's a pastor. And he's pastoring God's people. Praise God. Now, now, so as he's ministering, the Lord speaks to him. And then he will say, my father said. He will say it like that. Without any trepidation. No shaking. You know, no shaking, nothing. If you know who you are. When they call a different name, you will not ask, am I the one they are calling? Hello, sir. What is your name? Huh? What? Yes. Call the name and stop all this whispering that you are doing. What is your name? <laughs> so if you are moving somewhere and you are shouting, Peter, Peter, will you turn? <laughs> if you turn, it means you are covetous. You are looking for another name to add to your own. <laughs> Praise God. Hallelujah. If you know the one who sent you, and you understand the message that he has given to you to go and deliver, you will not panic. You don't need the endorsement of people. Otherwise, by now, you should have stopped preaching. But when you finish preaching, you don't even know what you said. The next time, how can you go there with confidence? I have never known, I have never been ready for any moment of preaching. And yet I've been doing the work for tens of years. Why? There is someone who is more interested in what you are, what you are doing than yourself. He is the one who is directing the course. Yours is to be available. Be what? And in the chain he's saying. Hmm? God is looking for a man. And then you came out and said, I'm the one. Send me. So, so you don't need to do anything to make him send you. I'm here. Right? Lord, here am I. 
And then he tells you, go and say this, go and say that, go and say it. Don't ask him, what about if they don't take it? It's not your business. What Moses did and he suffered, don't do it. Moses said, I cannot speak well. Oh, was God stupid? He didn't know that you couldn't speak? Who created you? And who created your mouth? You don't make excuses before God. You must only be available. Be what? There is no man that God called that never saw his inadequacy. But there are some who are more than ready. Because they know better than God himself. I want you to be available to him. Available. Anytime, Lord. Anytime, Lord. Whatever you want me to do, I'm available. One of my fathers in the faith mentioned this to me in 1994 when I was about leaving Nigeria to come home on my first missionary journey to Ghana. And he says, don't detach. Go, but don't detach. And then number two, he says, availability is better than ability. He said, a man who is available can be trained to acquire ability. By a man who thinks that he is able and is not available, it's a burden. Why a kayak? Load. So you'll be available to God. So that's my advice. You'll be what? Available. God is always looking for people. And he wants those who are available. So just be available. Tell him, Lord, I'm available. Whatever you want to do with me, I'm ready. Amen. Amen. People say the sky is the is the limit. I don't know where you are living. Uh, where are you? You are where? In heavenly places. So how can the sky be your limit? We are seated together with Christ in heavenly places far above all the principalities and powers. So stop thinking under the heavens in attitude. Stop thinking that one. There is nothing that is, what is, what is, what did they say? Nothing is, uh, what? If we are see, I say, we be anywhere you who that, and you brought for this thing. There's nothing new under the sun. Why can you say so? Because you are above the sun. I want you to stand strong in the faith. I told the resident pastor this morning that we have an assignment in this ministry to guide people and guide them with all purity. I watch preachers. I'm not claiming to know everything, but I can only say and boast 
but the spirit of God at work in me prompts me when a teaching is not right. Uh-huh. I don't claim to know everything. I, I, I may never know everything until we go to be with Christ. You understand? We are limited. But when you are talking and what you are saying is not correct, he prompts me. When I make mistakes, he prompts me, you made a mistake. I'm not ashamed to come and tell you that what I said yesterday was wrong. I'm not ashamed. I'm not the owner of the thing. I was a messenger. I missed the thing. Simple. And then we are on. But we have a lot to do in this kingdom. A lot. A lot. You have what? A lot. A church in a tent like this was where the Holy Ghost chose to visit the earth. A tent. They saw fire on the tent. They rushed in there. They couldn't see fire inside. And the tent was still standing as it was before. No fire. What were they seeing? A heavenly visitation. So don't despise where you are and don't despise your own position in life. They look for him in the palaces, but he was in the company of the sheep. You are walking with a God whose moves cannot be interpreted by men. Yours is just to focus on him. And let him see your heart, that you're always ready. The meek will I show my ways the meek are the ones that I'm going to show things that are hidden. The humble ones. I hate the proud, the Lord says. But I give grace to the, to the humble. Several years ago, I pastored a church. Um, we had a very powerful choir. Pastor was in that choir. And as individuals, they were powerful, but as a team, woeful. Because of pride that had taken over a lot of those guys who were in the choir. So they were disturbing me. <laughs> so I, I closed and I dissolved the choir. On a day that their performance was extraordinary, that I personally commended and even asked them to buy some soft drinks for them. But I still dissolve the choir. It is better to go to heaven with what? One eye than to go to hell with four eyes. I didn't have problem with them. I was looking for coordination. In a church like this, where we believe that the kingdom matter should be the matter, the only thing that matters, when you begin to matter outside, you become a matter for the enemy. I've spoken about these things before, but I'm feeling compelled to mention it. There's so much that this church can achieve 
within a very short time, if all of us will have a single eye. A single what? Eye. And a single purpose. And give our attention to that purpose. And have we done. That is all God called me to do. And the light shines in darkness. And the darkness cannot comprehend it. The light shines. Our shining forth as a team is what brings about the victory that the Lord has given to us. As we're getting ready to, for our seminar, in a, to thank the Lord for the mandate that he gave to us, I just want to draw your attention to something very brief. I've told the story of the church already, the ministry. I've told you the story, haven't I told you? I've told you when the Lord spoke to me and what he said. I've given you the scriptures that we stand upon. I, I will take my time, it's not a Sunday service like this, to take you to the structures of the ministry. But I've told you that we don't conscript laborers. We grow together and give everyone the privilege to shine. There are several millions of stars in the heavens. The heavenly place is over there, I mean above, but they never clash. So the shining of one person will not kill your shining. So why are you in a haste? Somebody's rising will not push you down. In fact, you go down when you are pushing people down. Do you know that one? When you pull somebody down, you go down with the person. But when you get excited because somebody is making it and you are lifting your hands in praise unto God, you are rising. It's a simple secret. If we don't struggle to shine. We release ourselves to shine. Nehemiah chapter 1. Just give me New King James. Yeah, can someone read for us? You have a microphone there. The words of Nehemiah, the son of Hachala, Hachalia, hey. Uh, it came to pass in the month of Cheslev. What month is that? Which month is that? Eh? Did I hear October? I won't talk. In the 20th year, <laughs> as I was in Sushan, the place, that's how King James put it. He said the citadel. All right, go ahead. And Hanani, ah, this light is troubling you, that Hanani, one of my brethren, came with men from Judah and I asked them concerning the Jews who had escaped, who had survived the captivity and concerning Jerusalem, what was the state of mind and the heart of this man? Nehemiah. When they came, I took the opportunity to know the welfare of my people. 
What do you think when you think about Dominion Chapel International? What comes to your mind? When you think about this place, what comes to your mind? Is there anything in particular that you want to be better than what you are seeing? Or it doesn't really matter as long as you will come and go. He wanted to know the state of the people who were there. Those who had escaped the captivity and still in the land. Their state. And the state of the city and the walls of the city. Everything about the city was very important to him. He was a slave. But in a dignified position. Alright. Let's go on. And they said to me, the survivors who are left from the captivity in the province are there in great distress and what? Reproach. The wall of Jerusalem is also broken, broken down, and his gates are burned with fire. And then let's see. So it was when I heard these words that I sat down and wept and mourned for many days. I was fasting and praying before the Lord God of heaven. How does the kingdom, the state of the kingdom of God move you? How does it move you? When you hear about things that pastors do in their various congregations and what church members also do to pastors, what response or what reaction comes from you? When you hear a pastor has died and you check and discover it was hunger that killed him, what do you consider? What are your thoughts when you see your pastors? Thank God for the pastors here. They dress very well. But when you go to a place and you see your ministers wearing something that you don't like, not as if you hate the dress, but you think it's not dignifying, what do you do? When you go to a gathering and the men of God are not the way you want to see them, does it move you? When you see someone who is very hungry in church, wretched, does it move you? Somebody comes to church with Chalewati and you are not troubled to get the person something better and yet you gossip. That is the reaction of many, many people in the church. They don't care. Let everybody be down and they stand up. That is what they want to see. What is your reaction to evil news about the kingdom? This man said, I was moved. I sat down and I wept and I went into fasting before the Lord, praying to God, let there be a change. Let there be what? A change. When we say God is looking for men, he's not just looking for men walking about, but people whose hearts are after the kingdom. They don't have everything that everybody has, but they have a heart for the kingdom. 
Abraham was an idol worshiper, but God examined him and saw that this man, if he gets to know the true God, he will follow him with the same heart he's been following the fetish. He looked at Saul. All the atrocities that Saul was doing in the name of God that he thought he knew. And God said, if I arrest this man, he will be an instrument of blessing to the kingdom. And he he caught him. God is always looking for, check the records of men of God. Check them. When they tell you their stories, you begin to ask God, but Lord, why? Why did you go for this one when there were other people who were neat? What do you know what neatness is? I shared my testimony one time at the University of Ghana on the platform of full gospel. And one man sat like this with his mouth open. One professor. And then I looked at him and I laughed. And I said, you have not heard everything. And your mouth is open. Now listen to me. I was in Commonwealth. I was Vanda Kwamaster. He removed his glasses. I said, you have not seen anything. <laughs> it is the things that men reject that God takes. And he polishes and equips and sends them out. But let your heart be for him. If you have the heart of Nehemiah, you cannot stay in your house without stepping out to tell somebody about this place. It is that burning heart. John Wesley calls that one the warming of the heart. That is what makes a person goes, go all out for the kingdom of God. I wept. I fasted. I prayed to God. What was his prayer? That God will visit his people. Did he ask for somebody's opinion? No. In the kingdom, those who walk alone are the ones that God lifts. Now, when I say walk alone, I don't mean that don't be friendly with anybody. But you don't debate. You don't go for approval from men if you want to do something in the kingdom. After the teaching of um, last um, Thursday, and then you want to change your offering, you don't go and hold meetings. you are asking for somebody else's opinion what touched you in the course of the teaching is what you must follow With a a singleness of eye. The same thing with everything about the kingdom. God calls for people who are ready to go with him. No matter what the whole world is saying. When the call to enter ministry on full time came. My people gathered. We were in Nigeria then. And then my fellow Ghanaians over there. They came to persuade me. To stop. In my understanding, it was from a sincere heart. But that was against God. You understand? Then they went to my wife to talk talk my wife into intervening. So when she 
ask me, can't you do ministry without resigning your, from your work? I said, oh, they spoke to you, eh? Tell them that I have made up my mind. At that time, if I had known what I know now, I would have taken her advice. But I didn't know better. What was invoked then was you resign your work and you go what they call full time. Full time is not not doing anything. Full time is that you are consumed by God. Nehemiah was working in the palace, but he was consumed by the affairs of his nation, God's own people, God's city. So the moment it came, the situation was bad. He forsook every comfort he had in that place and began to weep before the Lord. It is time for us to turn over to God because the kingdom that we are seeing now is not what he spoke about. Unfortunately so. Unfortunately so. So much dishonesty, so much pretense, so much fakeness, so much of it. All over. Go ahead. Look at his prayer. Pastor, take my phone, my microphone and, and read. And I said, I pray, Lord God of heaven, O great and awesome God, you who keep your covenant and mercy with those who love you and observe who love you and observe your commandments. Next. Please let your ear be attentive and your eyes open that you may hear the prayer of your servant which I pray before you now, day and night. For the children of Israel, your servants, and confess the sins of the children of Israel which we have sinned against you. Both my father's house and I have sinned. Next. We have acted very corruptly against you and have not kept the commandments the statutes, nor the ordinances which you commanded your servant Moses. Remember, I pray, the word that you, you commanded your servant Moses, saying, if you are unfaithful, I will scatter you among the nations. But if you return to me and keep my commandments and do them, though some of you were cast out to the farthest part of the heavens, yet I will gather them from there and bring them to the place which I have chosen as a dwelling for my name. If we get to the point where God knows that we are right and our hearts are yearning after the kingdom, is that he is the one who will gather the people from wherever they are, those who have come and gone for no obvious reason. You ask somebody, why are you not coming? He said, it's allowed. All right. Fair no does it not take two people to look at each other? It's not an excuse. What is wrong with you? 
But that is what the devil put in the head of the person. The person is not is, is not matured in the faith. And the person looks up to you that you are matured. And yet every counsel that comes from you is nothing. It's not, it's not, it's not, it's not proper counseling. It's not. One of us visited me about two days or three days ago and asked a question. And I found me talking for almost one hour or more. Because I considered the question as something that God really wants people to know. And I will teach that one later in this church. Let your love for God be for God and his kingdom, his word. And let your persuasion at all times be for him and for the growth of the kingdom. Stop your own issues. Stop, stop talking. Stop talking. Stop, stop talking. All of us may have made that, those mistakes before. But don't we grow? We've got to grow. And come out of those things. Stop. It should pain your heart if somebody was very regular in church and then suddenly the person goes away. How the person left is not very important as a person coming back. But God said the responsibility is for him to see us ready. See us what? Ready. Ready. I have pastor churches where at the end of the service, you see them in clusters. Friends, society of friends. And the first time, I think here, I even saw it here too. The first timers don't know who to talk to. So they go away. First time, second time, and they stay off. And they conclude by saying there's no love in that church. And that is the message they will carry around. But it was our error. When I spoke to them about this error that was a grievous one, they changed. And now people began to embrace those who came in for the first time and those who got born again. Some of them extending fellowship, let them come to your homes for lunch. You think the person wouldn't want to come again because the lunch you give to him or her may be the kind he had not eaten for a very long time. He's not following the stomach anyway, but it's encouraging. That somebody thought good about him or her. It shows maturity. Praise God. Maturity. The Lord shall bring them back. I've seen that over and over again. In every teaching church, when people go, two things happen. They will go and wouldn't long for any other place than the place they left. But sometimes out of shame and the way people react when somebody stays away for a long time, the person comes. The reaction 
Na so hin na kwase ada de ya jala de ya mu chrem ho dodo. Amu chrem ho. Ndi asofo ni mochi ya ni mochi sa. Amu chrem ho. Eh. Am say the same thing you are saying no. But they won't be angry. But you the way ni abeye wani mpo. Mu chrem ho. Ade ayi. But let that warmth of love begin to be stronger than before. The love for the kingdom, the love for God, the love for his word. And then let us yearn. You see, there are many, many things sometimes I hear from the resident pastor. And I say, we've got to be very careful. The person, you have not contacted the person. You have not spoken with the person. But you sit down in your armchair and you philosophize. And you draw conclusions. Or channel no crowd too much. What friend that there be? When your information in French, or channel, who hear any crowd to watch channel? But sometimes when we talk and then as have you contacted this person, what's the problem? By the time you finish talking about issues, you discover that rather we have made the mistake of not you know, juggling, going getting close to people to understand what they are going through. People go through many things. Many things. Somebody wants to be here, but transport money is not there. You don't know it because you don't talk to them. You talk to yourself. Maybe you could help the person for one month. Something little. Something what? Little. It's very, very important for us as we talk about ministry to talk about in these practical terms. These practical terms. Nehemiah's spirit is what every believer should have. Every believer. On, on, uh, on, on West, no, uh, Thursday, I saw one little girl. And I think the other boy was her brother. So, I, whose child is this? And then pastor said, a friend, a friend came to church with a very pretty girl like that. She went to the altar. One of them went looking for an instrument, which one to play. We don't know them. So I wanted to know who their parents were. The girl is very pretty. Beautiful girl. I wanted to know whose children they were. The one we were growing up, nobody took us to church. But in one church, one little girl began to come to church. And that girl became the source of soul winning for the entire family. One day we had a feast and we were distributing items. So we got something for the girl. Go and give it to your father. Tell him that the church greets him. When the man saw the shirt, you said your pastor said they should, you should bring this to me. I said, you didn't steal? He said, no. That's the kind of church I want to attend. Yes. At the end of the day, the father, the mother, all the siblings came to the church. Two of them got married to pastors. They grew to marry pastors in the ministry. Little act. One little act of kingdom-mindedness can change the entire situation of people. Don't talk about ministry. 
talk about you and how you respond to the things of God. Meanwhile, I'd like to announce to you that everyone created by God has a purpose. God has a reason why he created everybody. And when you are able to locate that purpose and you have a vision for it, and you begin to execute it, that is ministry. So ministry is not, they call me that I should go and start a church. That is not it. That there is an assignment God has given to you and you are going to pursue that assignment. And so I say everybody here has a ministry. But everybody here has been buried in this soil to come out great. And I said I will teach on this one at the appropriate time. God was going to come up with a great nation called Israel. He carried Israel and put Israel in the belly of Egypt, which was the greatest nation at that time. First, it was Joseph that went. And later, the father and about 70 of them. And then after so many years, they exited the nation. They came out of that nation, about 3 million people. A nation was formed within a nation. You have ministry that God has given to you and God brought you here. This is a, a place to grow ministry. But I'm going to take time to teach on that matter and to show you how I lived with my ministry in several ministries before this one was put on the market. Don't ever think you are sufficient. You only have a God who is sufficient. But you are not sufficient. The Bible says, God led them about the Jeremy chapter 32 and verse what? Verse 9. Down to 15. Very interesting. He led them about. God will lead you about. But you will still fulfill destiny. Be sensitive to what God is saying per time. And follow him. When you go through Nehemiah, you understand something. Everybody decided to work. He did their spiritual work, fasting and praying. And asking God for help. And he went to scout. He took permission from his um, king. And then went to scout and see what the problem was. And then when he came, the people willingly followed. God's favor was so mighty. His agony was seen even on his face. The king looked at him and he said, something is wrong. He said, nothing. He said, something is wrong with you. You have the sorrow of the heart. The state of his people and his nation had eaten him up so much that it showed on the face. And he went there. He said, let us rise and do what? And build. And they began to build. I love the place where it tells you, and this person, this family did this. And then they, this one continued. And then that one continued. And they built the wall in the midst of opposition. They built it. So everybody's contribution will bring to pass what God has programmed for this ministry. Everybody's contribution. 
I told a young man who spoke with me, I said, when your time is up, your faithful service will speak to your leader. When your time is what? Up. When God wants you to go and start something on your own, because of your faithfulness, he will talk to you and talk to your leader. And then the church will now begin to see you off. So you can visit anytime you want to visit. <laughs> uh, God is faithful. Say, I have a ministry. And when we say you have a ministry, it's not fivefold ministry. That craze, that craze, fivefold. I'm a prophet. I'm an evangelist. What is your problem? Who makes evangelists? He gave some. He gave what? They didn't become. He gave some. It's from him. So now if you are not a prophet, you don't matter. You don't know God. He gave some. They asked me one day, which ministry, what is your ministry? I said, the church. Are you a prophet? So when the need comes, God will prophesy through me. I have seen all those offices. I have seen all those offices at work. But I don't attach myself to any. There's one thing I know, I'm a teacher of the gospel. But the gospel itself is a miraculous seed. It produces so you will see evangelists who have left their boat and they have entered into the cassock of the prophet and it's a mis- mismatch and a misfit. So, should I prophesy to you? Don't. Because when you put that thing in your mouth, it will be fire in your bones. You won't have time to ask anybody. And then Baba Shem comes and says, or say, Never shall come. And you say, One more program at the end of No. Remain in your ministry. They were busy praying and fasting. And God said, They were teachers, who, some of them were prophets, who, but God called them into the apostolic ministry. He said, Set apart for me, Barnabas. And so, do you know that we have changed that scripture? Saul and Barnabas. Why? Because Paul is more popular. In the mind of God, it was Barnabas. So, but in our Christian minds, in our charismatic thinking, it was Paul and Barnabas. Why? Paul first. Before Barnabas. Paul became Paul through Barnabas. And so your small ministry can be the avenue for somebody's rising. We'll talk about that one. It will be, Pastor, you arrange it. It will be um, a sitting, praise God. I want to welcome you on board of fruitful ministry life. Very fruitful. Your heart is in the kingdom. Your thoughts are kingdom thoughts. You are kingdom-minded. All you are looking for is a kingdom to prosper. That is what is moving you. And God, who knows your heart, will begin to order your steps and raise people who will be pillars and supports unto you.
and you won't lack any good thing. Glory to God. Glory to God. The one who has lost ministry, God will show you where you belong. And if you have seen ministry, God will begin to make you understand better where you stand. You are not empty. You didn't come here empty. You came full of purpose. And the spirit of God will help you realize your purpose. And he will teach you how to walk in your purpose. In the name of Jesus Christ. Your days shall be full of glory. In Jesus mighty name. The Lord bless you. The Lord bless you. The Lord lifts you up. The Lord glorifies himself in your life. In the name of Jesus. Finally, let me read something I did. I, I, I mean, it came to me and I wrote down. So the new church, that is the New Testament church, was buried in Christ on the cross and in the grave. Jesus rose with this multitude that had filled the earth now. The old nation was planted in Egypt. This new nation was planted in Christ. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. So all the old things have passed away. Behold, everything has become what? New. So nobody's ministry is higher than your own ministry. He has called us to high ministry. How does Paul put it in uh, Philippians chapter 3? Philippians 3. High calling. Everybody's calling is what? It's high. Why are you inferior? Why do you feel your own is low? It's not low. Everyone's calling is a high calling of God. So if you are called into the helps ministry or the ministry of helps, you are helping people run their ministry. It's a higher calling. Let the leaders understand. And let the followers also understand. And then we can go on. Without any sense of guilt and inferiority. May the Lord help us. To value where he has brought us to. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ. And as you walk on the path of ministry. May strength be released upon you. May healing come to your way. May God's provision abound unto you in the name of Jesus. He said, when I sent you out, did you lack any? You didn't. So you shall not lack in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. But from your hands, many shall be fed in Jesus' precious name. The Lord keep on smiling in your direction and cause his joy to fill you. God bless you for listening to this message. You can also enjoy our messages on Anchor, Spotify, Podcast Addict, and all other podcast platforms. Visit us at Dominion Chapel International, the special place near the XGI building, Shashi Accra. Do remember to subscribe to this podcast to receive more life-impacting teachings by our seasoned ministers of the gospel every single week. You can also follow DCI, the special place, on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. 
always remember that God loves you.